whenever I'm doing a project, I can never find the thing that I'm looking for to help me, whether it's a tool, whether it's a bolt, whether it's a nail. And I've got stuff. I just don't have it organized very well. And then I'm never quite sure, okay, do I keep this? Will I need this at some point? Or, or can I throw this? And, and, and should I throw this away? And, and look, I'm going to call the expert in on this one. My garage junk drawer. What do I keep forever? Hey, let's build it with Corey Heppola and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. Andy, you are our garage junk drawer expert. All right. I, I got a couple of questions for you on this. What do we keep, you know, forever? Um, what are some things that we're always glad to have and then organizing it? But I want to start with what are some things that we keep forever in that garage junk drawer? You know, um, I'm going to there's there's a lot of things that the, the short answer is as much as you possibly can as, <laughs> yeah. as your space allows. If you're if you're a guy like never me. know. But this. This was, uh, I went through my, my junk drawers and what I've done over the years. And, and then I talked to every person I could about this, uh, females, males, people in the industry, people not in our industry. Um, and I got a wide variety of answers. I ended up having to exclude like nuts and bolts, electrical parts, plumbing parts, stuff like that, because that's, uh, to me, not a junk drawer to me. We're going to focus in on items here, Corey, that, that these are things that, that you don't need every day. But boy, oh boy, when 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 you need them, you're you're super glad you have them. And the first thing that came to mind for me is because I inherited my 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 grandpa's toolbox, and and this thing has been a a treasure trove for me of of being able to finish projects. And the the, the my main junk drawer is always going to have every type of clip, pin, hook, you you name it. Tie down, strap, grommets, hinges, a lifetime supply of cotter pins. This is when I found this in grandpa's toolbox. I've gone to this twice a year for three years straight now to find whatever cotter pin I might need, other types of pins, um, <laughs> you name it. This is where, who knows, a battery terminal? I mean, who would, when you're, would, I don't know if I'm ever going to need this, but what does that I even do? Space, so why throw it away? What does well, that even do like, that thing? So say you have a lawnmower or some other little small thing and, and your battery cable goes bad. Now you can fix that battery cable and, and put on a new terminal on or something gets totally corroded. I, I probably will never, ever need this. But it, what I've learned, it seems like as soon as I throw something away, I then need it need like three it. days later. Yeah, That's the thing. You will need it. Keep it because I know how that goes. Exactly. Same thing. You will need it the second you throw it away. The second you throw away. Um, some low-hanging fruit that I got from people that they're always glad that they had was like a, a wide variety of zip ties. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Some hose clamps. Got um, those. A tool that I don't have that is going to get in my junk drawer is a long, flexible magnet. So if you drop something in a hard-to-reach place, a nut, a bolt, uh, something you're working on, a little magnet you can snake in there and, and, and get it out. So I thought that was kind of a, a neat feature. Okay, so those are things that you want to keep forever. Is there anything that, that maybe would be, it'd probably be in, in that group too, but is there anything else that you would classify as, I'm always just glad to have this in my junk drawer? A good scissors. And this is something I bet you, if I talk to 20 people, 15 of them brought up scissors 
and a few of them brought up tire pressure gauges. So oh, yeah. to be able to have an easy access to a, a tire pressure gauge and a, not just a good, not just a scissors, the good scissors. They want like people who are specific and, and a couple of them, mainly, I think it was four different females said this to me that they want to have people sign a contract when they take their good scissors from the junk drawer. So um, that's uh, apparently that's a, uh, that's something that, that a lot of different people. It's like what about. they, they used to do at the bar, right? When you'd get a Moscow mule and you'd have to give yep. them your driver's license. So you didn't steal their copper cup. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yep. where are nope, the scissors nope. going? Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So here's another question because I'm an organized guy. I like to have yep. things and it's one thing to keep it forever. It's also another thing to know where to find it. Right. And, and to know exactly. where you go to get it. So how do you organize all this stuff? Well, at one point in time, I had what was called like a nuts and bolts drawer and then a nail drawer. And this was basically a drawer that you open it up and every nut and bolt that from everything I've ever put together and had leftover parts on or bought stuff, bolts for went into this drawer. And then when I ever needed them, I had to sit there for 20 minutes and sift through it. So I eliminated nuts and bolts and fasteners as a whole from my junk drawer with the help of Milwaukee. So Milwaukee's packout system, if you can see this. Oh, look at that. Now, yeah. It, it just, I have, it has a system where you attach it to the wall. So this is on the wall and I can look at this and look at any one of these bins and which one I need, pull it down, and then I can open it up and just carry whatever I need to whatever project I'm doing and then go and replace it. And then it's always yeah. there. I always have enough. And it kind of tells me when I'm out of things. And when it, when it comes to, you notice like tools as a whole weren't in my junk drawer must have list because tools have their own special drawer. They go into tool drawers, not into junk drawers. Although if you put any kids toys together or anything that you've ordered, those extra tools that come with that, I've heard a couple of people using those in their drunk drawer as extra tools. They don't go in the real tool drawer. They go into the, I got this free with my $200 table tool drawer. Yeah. So I love that idea because, um, you know, throwing nails or screws or washers or anything just into a drawer, like it's just, okay, you don't know where you're going to find it, right? You don't know where it look, you don't know, but having something like that to just look, it's in this carrier. It's right here. I always know where it is. And, and look, it's along with everything else. It seems like a really easy way to, to, to organize it. Now, here, here's another thing. I don't know if you keep this in your junk drawer or not, but um, I never know what the difference is. Like, when do you use caulk and when do you use glue? Hey, here's what's trending. Because Andy, I've got them both here and I'm never quite sure when I'm supposed to use one or even if I have the right variety. So I don't know. Anything you got, man. You know, that, that, that's a really good question. And if there's something that's misused a lot, I should say misused, you can multi-purpose this stuff an awful lot. So for instance, uh, liquid nails is something most, most people are familiar with. It's a caulk. It looks like caulking, but it's a, it comes in the same tube as like a caulking. This one is yep. my favorite kind PL 400 from Loctite, which is it's an adhesive, you know, it's not technically supposed to be used to put tiles on the wall, but when you have a two by four wall that shakes every time you close the door, thin set usually doesn't work for the tile. So PL 400 or anything you want to permanently adhere to anything can be something that can be misused in a good way. But for me, 
depends on which caulking it is. Caulking is meant to fill and seal. Any type of glue is meant to bond. But now not every glue is created equal. There's, there's special glues for special jobs. And, and when it comes to silicone and caulking, there's outdoor caulking, bathroom caulking. And when it comes to the devices that we use to put them on, whether it's your normal caulking gun or the squeeze tubes, if you don't spend the right amount of money or you don't have the skills in it, you can really screw up a caulking job. So it, it can sometimes, this might not be the type of caulking you're using, but with how you're applying it seems to be the, the biggest problem that I see. So when we, our shower broke, and I, I think I remember telling you this, our shower broke and it was early in the morning and the, and the water was just going and we couldn't, the handle had kind of like broken off. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I was gone, I was at work and, and Camille's like, uh, I don't know what I'm, and she looked up on YouTube on how to fix it. Thankfully we had, you know, pretty much everything we needed, but she, she went and got the caulking to kind of like, you know, go back around it aesthetically, but also, isn't there a purpose for that too? Like, so that it, 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 well, it obviously seals it, right? So that mm-hmm. the, the moisture and stuff and air doesn't come out. Well, if you, if you look back there, if you have a tile wall or whatever the walls, wall, wall system is, if any type of moisture, if the, the water from the, the shower is getting behind there, it can start to pull the tile off the wall. It can lead to rotten wood. It can get to, you know, water sometimes can, I've seen it go down a wall, over a wall, and out and cause damage in an yeah. electrical outlet that's 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 10 feet away or down the hallway in the basement. So it's something that uh, that you should pay attention to, and, and usually there's some maintenance. But if I had to pick maybe a couple of glues and a couple of caulkings to keep in your junk drawer, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to start with a bigger jar of uh, go-to glue, which is like a super glue. And the reason why I like this stuff is it's not a little squeeze tube. You can use it. It's very easy to put in certain places. And and that that those squeeze tubes always seem to be like a one-time use type thing. So this is something you can use for years and years and it's the, the packaging seals up nicely. So it's something we always have, uh, some type of five minute epoxy, something I, I have in my junk drawer, or in a drawer all the time, again, for bonding different parts to things, fixing things that I don't want to pay to replace. Um, you know, it's never usually a permanent fix, but it's something that uh, I can fix and get by with for whatever amount of time I'm, I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm going to see in my junk drawers, both in my house and my garage, um, is this. We're hard on, yep. on things. So for the for, – and I'm a terrible taper. I know this is my industry, but this stuff, it tells me when it's dry. I'm not double sanding. I'm not sanding it too early because I'm not the most patient person in the world when it comes to projects. So it takes the, the brains out of it. It tells you what to do and when to do it, and you can fix any minor ding in the wall. Should you put one in there like every other day, like my wife accuses me of? Yep. We have that. And I put the holes in the wall the same way. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a uh, lifesaver from time to time. What else you got? The, the other one is just some kind of premium wood glue. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're going to you break furniture, trim pieces, anything wood. If, if you get the right type of glue and you have the right type of clamps, which should also be in your drunk drawer. You can you can put that back together. If I had to pick one more, Corey, the reason I I, I stay away from caulking and spray foam and, and things like that is because every caulking has a specific job. I, we can talk about fifteen different caulkings here and fifteen different types of spray foam that you should use or different types of glue you should use, and and the vessels in which they come in for ease of installation. But if anybody has the dollars in in, in your caulking things on a regular basis, one of them battery operated caulking guns. 
it's it's worth the price because those extra you know the little the ripples that you put in there every time the the cock gun pauses because a lot of us don't have the motor skills to continue moving as we're yep. squeezing so we start to squeeze and then we stop and you end up either using your finger or some tool and you end up with more caulking on you than where you originally wanted so if you want a perfect beat every time battery operated cock gun is a, a nice tool to have Okay. So we, we talk about like, you know, either a, a slight crack in the wall, but there's also cracks on the ground. And this actually comes from a listener. Here's a question. Hey, here's health. So this is from Ben. And the question, Andy, uh, is for you because I can't answer this, but the question is for you. Why do foundation cracks happen? And when do I need to be concerned? Um, because the house is moving one way or the other and, and different soils are going to move at different rates, depending on when the house was built, how it's settling, the, it can be from heavy rains. And if you think it's causing any type of structural damage, or it's going to maybe lose some of the structural integrity that it originally had, that's when you start to worry. Like if it's just cracking in the mortar and they're like hairline cracks, it's probably not something to worry about. Now, can you... Can you get a material that you can fill that crack in? Yeah. And can you maybe paint it? Because once you have a crack, Corey, and water can get back to it, the crack can get bigger and bigger over time. And if the actual foundation is spalling or moving or you have actual bricks, that, that, that foundation bricks that you can move, you might want to start to consult an expert because the longer those things go, the more expensive they get to fix. And with the wall anchoring systems that are available now and the quick fixes that are available nowadays from, from a few different people, it's hard to think that, like, and, and, and estimates are free. If, if you're worried about your foundation, look up a foundation expert and, and have them come out and take a look at your house or, or start to look online. But little hairline fractures usually aren't that worrisome. If things start to move, you, you're gonna wanna act pretty quick. Do builders that on purpose too sometimes, like in your garage or with your cement or whatever, just crack it a little bit, or maybe it's your driveway just to because they know it's going to shift a little bit? Well, they're they're going to they're going to cut stress cracks in every That's so often in in, in in some type of pattern in an effort to get the concrete to crack there. You know those those saw marks, those cracks in there, those aren't um usually all the way through the concrete but they, they that's that's where they want the cracks to occur and they want what they want to see happen and, and what people have to understand about concrete too usually cracks aren't leading to structural problems um when we, if you're talking about flat work because of the rebar that that's through there um the same thing with the cracks in the mortar of your of your foundation usually that's not a structural problem that's just the mortar that's starting to crack now if those bricks start to shift or start to move that's worrisome. Or if it's leading to moisture problems, that can yeah. be worrisome. So it, it's definitely something worth inspecting, but it's usually not a reason to start hitting the, oh my goodness, if we don't act now, the house is going to cave in panic button. Okay. We, well, housing, the housing market is insane, Andy. We got another mm -hmm. question in here. Uh, Andy, we're trying to buy a home, but the competition is insane. Can mm -hmm. I skip a home inspection? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I, 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 it's a great question. And I've been asked it 10 times and my answer has been the same each time. And I know it's going to, I'm giving people bad advice if they really want to get a house because it seems like that's what they have to do to compete. But I'm telling you that I will be sitting here next year talking to homeowners regretting that decision. And this goes across the board. It seems like every day I'm talking to somebody settling for something. It's what I could get. It's not the color I wanted, but it's what I could get. 
it's not the house they wanted, but it's what was available. And, 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 and it's going to lead to some, some opportunity for some people and then realize it's not really what I wanted and they start to try to sell it. But foregoing a home inspection and cost you thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. There's always ways to go back after the, 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 the homeowner if, if, if they knew about said whatever problems. But the things you can find out about your moisture problems, mold problems, uh, what's going on in your attic, electrical issues, plumbing issues, your appliances, all of those things. I mean, you get into a house and none of that stuff's been inspected. Good luck trying to find the refrigerator or washing and dryer machine that you need that you want and, and, and trying to get it. It's just, it's going, I can't believe it's allowed. I just, I just don't, I don't, don't, um, it doesn't make sense to me. So is there any scenario there where you would agree to buy a home regardless of what the inspection says? Like even if you had the inspection, but there were some huge red flags, um, but you said, well, at least I know what I'm dealing with. Is, is there any scenario where you, you'd still then buy it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you know on the front end what it's going to cost you and what you're going to be in for, then yeah, no problem. But let's say not only, so let's tell us this first scenario for you. $380,000 house, metro house, you know, pretty average house for the going right now. But, you know, not there's, they make them a lot more expensive, it seems like the last couple of months than that. Yeah. But, that house starts to go for 410,000, 420,000 because it gets in a bidding war and no home inspection was done. You pay 420, $430,000 for a house that has a value, last assessed value at 310. They were trying to sell it for 480. You bought it for 410 and now you got to stick 30, $40,000 into it because you didn't know all the problems it had. That's going to be good luck trying to get that financed if that's what you're in. But if you're, if you're dropping a cash offer, you have the money and you know up front that, yeah, I'm buying a $330,000 house for $410,000 house. And I'm going to have to stick $30,000 into it. And you're okay with that decision, then you're okay with it. But yeah. to find that on the back end and not be able to fix it and be underwater. And I, I was the last time we went through this and we had to deal with that many people underwater on these houses. And, and there was that, that type of, I have a hard time not seeing that scenario playing, not as bad as it was, but I'm going to be uh, trying to talk people off the ledge next year. I got a feeling. Yeah. Lots of stuff here, but we got one more thing. Hey, here's a pointer. Here's my tip. Last Christmas, I received what I think is the best junk drawer addition for me in the last five years. My dad, we call him the captain, got me a battery organizer with a tester so anytime i find a loose battery i go to the tester and if i find it it goes into dad's special battery junk drawer that 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 the kids now know of but at least i know these are good batteries i'm not playing battery roulette trying to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work and i always have at least a couple that i can i can go and fix whatever put into whatever alarm or remote that that needs it that is such a nerd thing but man i was like Yes, give me that. I need that. Yeah. We are always looking for batteries, and then this one doesn't work, but that one does, and I'm not sure why these don't work anymore. I just put these batteries in. I love that. That excites me more than anything I've gotten in a while. Yeah, and, and, and the more I talk to people about it, I, I was happy to find out that I wasn't the only family that 
decided to put dead batteries back in the same junk drawer with the with the good batteries meaning that unless the pack they're still kind of in the packaging we don't know if they're a good one or a dead right. one so i'm like so i went through and I, I spent a half hour testing batteries i'm like oh yep, that one's going oh, this yeah one stays. that one goes <laughs> oh man i love it well andy we are dads you can tell we are dads with mm -hmm. something like that exactly thanks man thank you man